Hello, dog. Hello, dog. Oh my god, it's starting right off the bat. We've lost Damn. dog. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for tonight. Wow. That's so, scary. So guys and, guys and girls, uh, still having the same problem with my odd Skype connection and have yet to find someone at Spectrum, my cable company, to understand what I'm talking about when I call them and complain or chat with them online and complain. So we're sorry, but we'll do our best and Karen will try and carry the hour when I'm not on. I will I will soldier on you guys. So anyway, we've been a mess. Like <laughs> For the past, like, like, between the two of us, like, seriously, like, we've just been a mess. So, like, we're going to be dropping episodes because, like, I got so crazy with work shit last week that I actually forgot I never edited last week's episode. And there were a few hiccups last week, so it needs some heavy editing. So, um, because usually it's just a, you know, slap together, (laughs) as if you couldn't tell, my editing skills. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's usually pretty simple and this is going to be a little bit more involved. And then, so like Sunday night I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I never edited the episode. And then I didn't have a chance to do it yesterday. I didn't, anyway, um, we're a mess. We're trying our hardest, but life is hard. Life is really hard. So, so we're, we're doing what we can and, and, um, and enjoy the, enjoy the mad app drops, uh, as they come. So, um, tonight we are on season four, episode 19, two flew over the cuckoo's nest. I have no idea what the hell they mean by that, but... Wait, wait, wait. Are we episode 19? Yeah. Are you sure? Um, I think so, yeah. That's what Hulu told me. All right. I'm just going to double check, because I thought it was like 13 or 14. No, we're 19. We're 14. Season four, episode 14, Two Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Maybe I wasn't wearing my glasses when I wrote that down. That could be. I would understand. totally be possible. Okay. But but that means you did see the right episode. Okay. (laughs) Which is kind of more important for our purposes. And that, kids, I told you, we're we're a hot mess this, like, the past two weeks. But do you see how we're saving each other? This is what a team does. We rescue each other. Teamwork makes the dreams work. Yeah, or nightmares. Take or your nightmares pick. Or nightmares. Okay, so two floor of the cuckoo's nest. I have no idea what the hell they're talking about, unless it's Kimberly and Sid. Maybe. I mean, I guess it's not really anything that applies to one floor of the cuckoo's nest. We're not in an insane ward, which is the place we have been on the show in the past. But yeah, I, I feel guess- like cuckoo's nest would have worked like. 10 or 11 episodes ago. There there were honestly multiple Kimberly and Sid opportunities, um, none of which apply. Right. Um, so, on the cold open, we are at Haley's funeral, and only four people are there. Yeah, See, not even weird. Jane. And yes, what? Oh, and I said, not even Jane. Would Jane, would Jane have been at Haley's funeral? Well, she would have supported Allison, right? She knows Billy. Are they still... They're not... They, Jane and Allison are friends. That's right. Jane and Allison are friends. See, it's so hard for me to keep track now. I know. I know, which is good in a sense. It means there's been a lot of water under the bridge and a lot of history for the show. But it's sometimes hard to keep track without a scorecard, even with notes. Um, yeah, well, that's... None of them... Like, honestly, Jake would have been there. Maybe nobody told Jake. 
That could be. And he's got his own issues. He does have his own issues. Yeah, but I thought that was really weird. There were only four people at the funeral. And um, and you're right. No, Jane. Like, who's holding Allison's hand? Nobody. I think Jane is just a little selfish biatch. I guess this is still me talking about Jane being selfish. Um, yeah, so we're at the... <laughs> Are you back? I'm here. Can you oh, hear okay. me? Now I can hear you. I didn't hear you for a while. Um, I think you lost me, but I came back in time to hear you calling Jane a selfish biatch. Oh, okay, yes. Very much so. Um, so, you know, Allison's very teary. She leaves a flower. She calls Haley the love of her life or something like that. Um, and, and Brooke doesn't look too broken up over Daddy's death, but there you go. Um... <laughs> And, 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 and Billy looks like he's about to go to Allison, make some sort of overture. And Brooke is like, I think she wants to be alone. And then the cops show up. Um, and the cops are basically seizing all of Haley's stuff. All yeah, of and the, the, the lawyer, who's the fourth person there, yes. thanks them for waiting until after the Right, because that's important. Um, and so basically, Brooke blames Allison for daddy going broke. Um, and then the FBI shows up or the cops or something and they are there, they, they take Allison in. Um, right. I think it's the FBI seizes the assets and then the cops come and they take Allison. It was, it was all, there were a lot of police officers talking about various things, but they had to take Allison in for questioning for Haley. But why did they take Allison in for questioning? Because Brooke called them on Allison as revenge for Hating her. Yes. And she said, and Billy is not happy about this. And Brooke says to him, I had to do it in the name of justice. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, but have you been watching Billy's face this episode? It's completely immovable. He's he's basically looks uh, just amused no matter what is going on. Whether he should be sad or hating his wife or whatever. He basically just looks like he farted. Yeah, well, I mean, he's perpetually slack-jawed. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, Allison looks like she's in deep doo-doo here. Yeah, and not even knowing where the doo-doo came from, and she's deep in it. I know, and it's only going to get deeper. <laughs> in, yes, indeed. Dear Lord. Anyway, we're not done with the cops because... We're going to go direct, you know, to the police station, uh, which, by the way, is the old Parker Center, if you would like to know. I I know my LAPD. Um, And Allison is being interrogated. um, And she basically is like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm not talking to you. She's going to lawyer up. And then the cops are like, well, yeah, you're free to go. You know, like this would never happen. No, in, in a rare case of something happening on Melrose, that would not happen in real life. You're correct. Yeah, no, that's, I was like, yeah, no. Okay, moving on. Um, we're going to go to the hospital where Kimberly is, like, charmed with her jobs. She has now gotten a job as the psych intern at Wilshire Memorial Hospital, thanks to Peter. She's got her own office. Do interns get their own office? Well, she does. Well, if you're, a, if you're like, a medical intern, chances are you, you might, or at least share it with one other person. Uh, she's got her uh, it's not office. it's not like a like 
you're an intern in like a publishing company or something. No, but I mean, but still the interns are usually like all in one room, you know, like it's not, I don't think they get their own offices. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Actually, she does. I mean, she's charmed. She's absolutely charmed. So, uh, Michael comes in, he starts to make a ruckus about it. Um, but then he, his ruckus dies a quick death because it's all above board and basically, that's not how any of this stuff works either. No, I mean, this is a primer example of none of this could ever happen in real life for yeah. so many reasons. So yeah, yeah. You, but I love, like, you just have to embrace the ridiculousness of it. And I do. Okay. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess. It's just, like, there, there, there are so many ways that Kimberly could have redeemed herself. And it's, like, I don't know. I just feel like the writers were, like, well, damn it. We wrote ourselves into a corner with this. How are we going to get out of it? And they're just, like, well, we'll just give her a job back, even though she's, like, a murderer, basically. Yeah, I really... I kind of wonder if they had any long game in mind when they decided to have Kimberly bomb the building. And... My guess is they were like, yeah, we'll figure that out next season. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. Like, they, there was no long game there. Absolutely not. Um, okay, anyway, at D&D, um, Amanda's in her office. Bobby shows up because they have no security, and he wants to take her to lunch. And, um, you know, um, Allison's like, no. And, and then he talks about withdrawing his family's cable account. I guess she was on that. I guess we knew that from Jack. I don't know. Anyway. I'm not sure we knew that, but... Yeah. Um, I, I was ever that specific. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then he says he's not his family, and he's rented a house because he's got business to attend to. More business <laughs> that we don't right. know. Okay. All right. So back at the hospital, Michael and Matt... Remember, Matt is an intern too, right? Or is he a resident? Like, what is he? I mean, he has just started med school like seven seconds ago. I'm not sure what he is shadowing Michael around. Yeah, it was only five seconds ago he even took the fake MCAT thing. So he could be on the fast track to whatever. I honestly don't know. I mean, look, if they let Kimberly be a shrink, I mean, might as well let Matt. Yeah, I mean, that could surgery. I can run exactly. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, I would also trust Matt. I think I would too. I think I would trust Matt more than. Kimberly. Mm. Okay. So Michael, uh, Michael and Matt are doing rounds. Matt's doing rounds with Michael. And then there's like this big argument on the other side of the curtain between an actor and his agent. And Matt goes in there to like basically shut him up. And, and I love this, this exchange where Matt is like, people are dying. And the actor's like, so is my career. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. I was like, there we go. That's perfect. So that was, that was a fun little Mattisode, um, that made me very happy. Yeah, totally. Um, so now we're going to go to shooters where Joe shows up and sits at the bar. Okay. On one side of the bar. Yes. One side of the bar. So look, what's going on with Joe? Like she's hot and she's like this, this, this episode, she's blowing hot and cold with Richard. I thought she had given up on Richard because he was with Jane or, or she, like he, or Jane was playing. She, she called Jane out for playing that game with Michael and she got fed up with Richard cause he wasn't recognizing it. And I felt like she kicked him to the curb. Am I wrong? No, no, you're, you're not wrong, but I think you're just forgetting at the very end of last week, she basically gave Richard an ultimatum and she was like, I uh, said, so she didn't want to play these games. 
And that's when he said that he was planning on dissolving the partnership with Jane and uh, embarking on his own Richard Hart company. And that was enough for Joe. Okay. Ready for him already. Okay. All right. There. That that was the missing link. That that was the piece I was missing. Okay. So, but but her and Jake, they're still are they? They're still not talking, right? I guess they sort of just moved on from hating each other and were friends again, but we saw none of that. Okay, because even with this exchange, it doesn't seem like, it seems like in Joe's mind they're friends, but like Jake's at the other end of the bar with Amanda having this conversation about how he's bouncing rent checks. Yeah, I think it's less the fact that Jake is not cool with Joe as much as Jake is now mad and embarrassed that he has no money and doesn't want her help. But but I think whatever, all that shit that caused them to break up when Shelly was still in the picture, I think that's sort of like water under the bridge. Now Jake's got his new problem. Okay, so Joe... But we never had a detente between them. If that's what you were wondering, we didn't. We didn't. And so, like, you know, Joe, like, kind of pokes her nose into things with, you know hey, Jake, what's going on? And I've noticed there's no Shelly. And Jake is just like, mind your business. Yeah. Essentially. So she doesn't even know what happened. Which is weird because basically everyone always knows what happens to everyone else shortly afterward. You know, like at one point Jake meets Bobby Parisi and he's like, very sorry to hear about your brother. It's like, I, Jake doesn't necessarily have to know anything about that whole storyline. So I just sort of take it for granted that once it happens by the end of the episode, everyone knows. But not always when it's inconvenient. Yeah, not in this case. Um, okay, so we're going to head on over to the lawyer's office. Um, the the lone non-related guest uh, there that showed up to Haley's funeral, the lawyer. Yeah, it's time um, for the reading of the will. It's the reading of the will. So we're going to have to say... And they clear this up. They do clear this up. Yes, all of Haley's assets have been seized. However, this will, there are certain things that he put into a trust that cannot be touched by the asset seizure, which actually I think might very well be a real thing. So at this point, it looks like the writers all had trust funds because they knew what they were talking about. Because <laughs> they, they know this one thing very well. This <laughs> one thing I think is accurate. Therefore, I think it is safe to say the writer's room was filled with trust fund babies. I think that's excellent deduction there. Okay, look at that. Okay, so they're reading the will. Brooke gets a million dollars, but you know what? It's not for Brooke, it's for the baby which everybody makes it a point of like sort of like pointing at her and being like that million dollars is for the baby. Yeah, it comes up again too. It's like, yeah, it's not for you. It's the baby. Yeah, so it's for the baby, not for Brooke. Um, And Haley, it turns out, has left Allison nothing because remember last episode when she hastily had to sign a few things that had to do with with the sale of the house or something like that? Those were actually divorce papers. Right. Stupid Allison signing in her marriage away. Signed her own divorce papers and did not even realize it. Like, guys, this is a cautionary tale. Always read what you're signing. Don't just yeah. sign blindly. Don't be an Allison. Don't. I mean, the great cautionary tale of our time, quite frankly, is, is Allison Parker. Exhibit 
Double Z, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she has been tricked into signing divorce papers. She is no longer legally married to Haley. She is apparently has no rights over this estate thing that has been protected. Yeah, also means technically she's not even a widow. She's just a divorcee. She's a divorcee. Um, and so Brooke basically is like, you know, tries to literally take the ring off of Allison's finger, the wedding ring, and, um, and, and, you know, that was kind of terrible. And, 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 you know, and, and so Allison, of course, freaked out and Billy's just not happy with Brooke because Brooke is a little biatch. Yeah. Yeah. Becoming, yes, like, worse and more childish by the moment. But I do think that Allison handled herself well in the scene. I do, too. Um, you know, considering how how devastating the whole situation was. Yeah. Before. Poor, poor Allison. Um, so, a Melrose episode apparently these days won't be complete without a hazy dream sequence. I know, and I had totally forgotten that this happened. Oh, you forgot about the dream sequence? Yeah, I mean, from the first time I watched it. So it's like it was so it was so cheesy. Like Joe, not Joe. Richard is having this dream about Jane, and they're in the pool, and they're making out, and they're just having this romantic moment in the pool. And nobody ever uses the pool, but there you go. Only Kimberly. Um, but also, we don't know it's Richard's dream at first. We're left to wonder. I know, but we we pretty much know it's somebody's dream because it has the haze around it. You know? No, I mean we don't know whether it's Richard's or Jane's. Oh, That's all. okay. Um, and then Joe is in bed with him, and she wakes him up, and he's she's like, "What were you dreaming about?" And he's like, "You." That's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. That's it's a also, lie. It's been really easy for Jane's ploy to work with Richard. Well, Richard's a sucker. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's no other word for it. He is just like. Nope. And, like, we always knew. Like, he was, like, you know, he loved her more than she loved him. So I guess it kind of makes sense. He didn't want them to break up. You know, he, he broke up with her because she didn't love him. Because, yeah, and how she was acting, yeah. Yeah, not not because, like, he cheated on her or he fell out of love with her. Right. So I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, And then poor Joe is just sort of, like, you know, talking about how she thinks their relationship is almost perfect and... And, you know, and it, and it'll be, per- and, and, you know, Richard's like, well, what would make it perfect? And she's like, when Jane signs those papers and she's no longer a part of your business. But then she's also worried because Jane's partners have been so awful to Jane that Joe is concerned for her old, no longer friend, Jane and her business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I, the breakup between Jane and Richard was kind of Joe's fault. We lost Doug for a minute. I'm back. Okay, I'm great. Back. Did you hear what I said about the breakup was kind of Joe's fault? No, I heard you say, well, and then I lost you. Uh, but I, yeah. So I, I thought did. it was kind of rich that all of a sudden she's worried about Jane's feelings. Right, right. You know. Joe... Got right on in there. Yep. Yep. And, um, and you know, she didn't have her girl's back. No. She had Richard's back when all that shit was going yeah, down. Yeah, she had Richard on his back, yeah. She was kind of not the good friend. No. It's but, kind of why Jane punched her. I think Jane was right to punch her. Jane was right to punch her. 
Um, I'm kind of reassessing my Joe love. Well, I mean, I like Joe 1.0, but we're on like Joe 3.0. Yeah, and this Joe, the Joe 2020-19 or whatever the hell we're going to call her. (laughs) Um, it, she's just not doing it for me. When did she get, when are we kicking her off the show? We need new blood. I think we lost Doug. Like maybe for good. No, I can't do this without him. Oh dear. Oh dear listeners. Oh dear listeners. It's been such a shit show. Where did Doug go? Okay. I think we might have officially lost him. So I need to go get him back. Um, so yeah, I need to go get him back. We'll be right back. I got him back. Hey, it actually kicked me off this time more than the usual glitch. Um, so just to pick up, I was just saying, Joe is really wishy-washy and goes with the wind. Um, and she didn't used to be like that. So when Joe has good judgment, she's the best. And that's a rare thing now. It's heartbreaking because she actually was my favorite character just behind Sud. Do you know what the most heartbreaking thing is? When she leaves later on at the end of this season, several storylines down the road, it's kind of with a whimper. Like the whole thing is, it's like, eh, Joe, afterthought. Almost like, 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 like Rhonda leaving was a bigger deal. No, no, not. (laughs) Also, also it was just like, yep, and she just never came back. It's kind of like that for both of them. Wow. Okay, moving on. Um, we're going to go to D&D because guess what's happening there? Guys, someone is... Somebody's resigning. Someone is in Amanda's office. Someone is in Amanda's office resigning. Who do you think that is? Okay, we'll tell you. It's Brooke. Remember because her baby got a million dollars? Yeah. Something Amanda understands clearly. Yeah, um, but uh, but but it's 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 you know it's it's a big job apparently to manage the unborn baby's million dollars. Um, but I don't know how she's going to live. But I guess she's going to be that mom. Right. She was like, well, between grieving for my dad and caring for my unborn child, I just can't work anymore. Yeah. And, and, oh, and she gave her two weeks notice, but actually she needs to take a couple days. Off. That's the best part. She's like, Oh dear. We've lost him again. Yeah. So I'm going to fill in for Doug a minute. Um, He's like, there you Jesus. are. I was trying to fill in for you. So she was basically just like, and can I take a few days off? And Amanda says, let me guess starting today. And she goes, yeah, there's a lot I need to attend to. And that's when Billy walks in and goes, your manicure is called about your appointment today. Yeah, so, um, you know, and I have to say, for somebody who just lost her precious daddy, she does not seem all that broken up. No, she she hates on Allison, and yet she doesn't actually mourn her father at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so once she asks for time off, the camera kind of, like, pans into the, um, the next room where Allison's actually at work. Allison's actually doing her job. It's very exciting. Um, and then the detective shows up and because again, there's no security at D and D, he just comes right into the bullpen or wherever, whatever you want to call where they work. Um, and, and he says, um, they're ruling the death, the death accidental and they've closed the investigation. So that was fast. Yeah, that was quick. Um, but you know, I, I was kind of, didn't they do this in Mexico too? Like they were holding her over because it was suspicious. 
Yeah, I, but whatever it was, it was quick. I think during this scene, I also realized there's no job I want less than to be a cop in L.A. Just from all the driving around they got to do. Yeah, like you couldn't have picked up the phone. Right. They had to walk into D&D just to tell Allison while she's working on the fax account or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So, meanwhile, back at the hospital, mm. um, Sid brings over some papers from Peter's office to Kimberly, and Kimberly goes right into shrink mode, and um, <laughs> so she says to, this was the best, I was, I was like dying, because she says to, she says to Sydney, before I got help, we were a lot alike. Yeah. Before she got help, she was so nuts. So she was basically saying Sid was nuts, which I thought was really great. But yeah, basically, it's, it's yeah. hilarious. The whole this whole thing is hilarious. I am like really digging the new Sid and Kimberly friendship. Yeah, I mean, can we really call it that, or I is mean, it just Sid needs whatever help she can get? Yeah, whatever. I mean, I guess for lack of a better word, friendship. I I don't know alignment, maybe. Um. Yeah, and I don't think it. I don't really think it lasts that long, but I may also be remembering it wrong. But it's hilarious for the time being. Sid, right now, also hippied out, got a big bow in her hair. Yeah, she's got that teased, you know, groove is in the hall, yep. uh, groove is in the heart or whatever. Yeah, Lady hair. Miss Keir from uh, D-Light. Yeah, she's got the hair going on. Um, so she's going to think about allowing Kimberly to be her therapist, which I'm like, wow, okay. Um, also back at the hospital, um, Matt is checking on, I guess, the guy that is, like, dying next to the actor, and the actor summons Matt to his bedside to apologize. (laughs) Um, and essentially, we find out that the actor was in a roller hockey accident, and he's going to be hospitalized for two days for a mild concussion. No, that doesn't happen, guys. No, that's not really how... That's not how it works. Medicine works. No, that's really not how it works. And I really wish they had given him something real to justify him taking up a hospital bed for two days. When I had a pulmonary embolism, I didn't even get get a bed. I had to stay. Like, they admitted me, and they made me stay in the emergency room. I didn't even get a bed, and they they kicked me out the next morning. And that was like I could have died. I was um, hit by a car as a pedestrian, as a hit and run, and... Yeah, I didn't even get to stay overnight. They stitched me up and sent me home and told me to take Tylenol. But also, I didn't know you had a pulmonary embolism. I never told you? I don't think so. My God, the things we learned in this podcast. Oh, I'm asking like you a- now, are you okay? Yeah, that was like a year ago. That was well, la- last year, exactly this time. Did I know that was what it was? Maybe you didn't. Oh my God, it was such a story. It was kind of crazy because I, I went to the doctor because... Um, I, I lost you, so I missed whatever you said, but I don't, you don't have to repeat it for the world, but well, maybe, was, I, maybe I did know. Maybe you did. I, I went to the doctor, I had, because my trainer was like, why is your left ankle swollen? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And, um, and I'm like, Jesus, my ankles are always swollen, you know? And then she's like, you should probably go get that checked out. And I was like, eh. And then, and then I was like, there were some things with like my heart rate being really erratic when I was exercising. So I was like, oh, maybe I should with the two put together. That's a little bit weird. And so I ended up getting an appointment in my doctor's office, not with my doctor. She couldn't see me, but with another doctor, which turns out to be a good thing because this other doctor was freaking awesome. And he actually like listened to me be like, Hey, this thing's going on. And he didn't dismiss me like most doctors do. And it, and it turns out that, that that's when they found like 
he, like they give you a blood test and it's called a D-dimmer test. And if you have high D-dimmers, it's likely that you have a clot, um, but not a hundred percent. So he's like, well, come in and let's look at your leg. So I had to like go back in and they did an ultrasound on my leg. And then I like a, a, a x-ray or like a CAT scan or something of my lungs. And, um, and it was really funny because they, the, the lung guys, like after the CAT scan were like, I was like, okay, so what now? Because I knew like this was serious. Like they thought that he was like, but he kept saying to me, it's probably not this, but I just want to make sure, you know? And the guy was like, I don't know why you just go home. And I was like, okay, I'll just go home. And so like, I'm like literally like pulling into my driveway and it's my doctor's office. And there's like this woman on the other line, like the, the secretary. And she is like panicked. Where are you? And I'm like, I'm home. I'm home now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm home. And she was like, you get in that car and you get yourself to the emergency room right now. And I was like, uh, why? And she's like, we'll explain when you get here. You've got to come back to the hospital right now. And I was like, okay. And so I had to like turn around and go back to the hospital. And like, you know, basically it turned out that like I had this pulmonary embolism and I guess like they, they need to treat it right away. Cause obviously you yeah. know, if it breaks, you know, if the, if the clot breaks out and goes, you know, into my brain or whatever, wherever it goes, um, like you die instantly. And so that was like the panic, like they needed me in the ER so they could administer, you know, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good reason for panic. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like really, really crazy. And it was like the, and, and the hospital was like nuts because they've been, they've been closing down hospitals here. And so, um, it, and it created last, last winter, it created like this real issue that staggered to every single hospital in the state. Um, and so they were like, so like we're getting like patients coming into the hospital from like 50, 60 miles away because there was no room at the closer hospitals to them. So all of the hospitals were basically overrun. And so basically like, you know, this is a serious medical issue, issue I had. And so like, as soon as they brought me in and they started administering, like, as soon as they brought me in, they basically like brought me into the ER, put me in a bed and were like, we're admitting you. Um, we just have to wait for a bed. And they went through the whole admissions and everything, but a bed never came up because there was just too many people. Was, yeah, it's a shortage, yeah. You know, so I ended up having to sort of like stay in the emergency room. That was like my hospital stay. And, um, and then they like basically like kicked me out really fast the next day because <laughs> they needed the room. <laughs> Yeah, none of that mat treatment. No, and none of that yeah, mat treatment. I don't treatment. think I knew it happened quite that way. Or maybe it was just a year ago and I forgot. It was bananas because, like, literally, like, I always think that I'm dying and, like, and, like, and there's never anything wrong. So, like, it's, like, this joke. Like, I'm just, like, yeah, I'm dying and there's nothing wrong with me. You know what I mean? So now it's, like, there's this thing going on and I'm, like, yeah, and I'm, like, laughing because I'm, like, you know there's going to be nothing wrong with me. This is going to be all, like, panic, panic, panic. And I'm the healthiest person, like, you, you know. Like, there's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong. Like, there's never anything wrong. And um, and then and then it turned out that this was, like, you know, pretty significant. So I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> so it was just kind of, like, this wild thing and, like, the way that it happened. And they were like, where are you? I'm like, I'm home. Well, to say the least, I'm glad that all worked out okay. Yeah, it's fine. I've been, I was on blood thinners for six months. Um, They took me off in in July and they have no, they still do not know why that happened to me. They have absolutely no idea. Damn. Yeah, like I went through 
a whole battery of tests. Like, um, the, I guess there's a lot of, gen- like I did a bunch of genetic testing. Cause I guess if you have blood clots, it's a, um, it's gen- sometimes it's genetic or, or the only like yeah. cause that they know of is a genetic thing and also lupus. And so I had all of those tests done and, and there's no, no reason why I should have had it. Weird, right? Yeah. Super yeah, weird. scary. Super weird. So, like, I don't know. Um, my my like swollen ankles and legs like kind of run in my family, and but it turns out that that's also like, which is why like whenever I see my ankles a little swollen, I'm like, eh, whatever, you know. Yeah. But, but I but that is also like I never knew this. Like, it's it's a it's a symptom of um issues with blood clots in your with pulmonary blood clots. Um, so I just, I'm kind of wondering, even though there, like, nothing showed up on the genetic test, I, whatever genetic issue it is, I do have to wonder if that is something that runs in my family. And for all I know, I could have had blood clots forever, and they don't, and it just goes away, kind of, you know, on its own, or it doesn't get big enough to be that dangerous, or, you know, I have no idea. Um, I don't know that much about them, but, you know, I'm like, maybe that's it. I have no idea, though. Damn. I know, right? Like, medicine can't keep up with me. <laughs> like, my issues are so bizarre. Like, me- like, like modern medicine is just like, wow, I don't know what to make of you. It's true. I know of some of the battles you've had with some of your doctors who don't believe what you're telling them. Yeah, and it's kind of wild. Or can't explain what that means. It's kind of wild. Well, I started seeing this functional. Oh, my God, we're so, like, on another We have gone here. away from the block. We but... have completely gone away from the block, but I, I've been working with this functional medicine person, and it's like... I've had all these wackadoodle tests done and all of a sudden like it's coming back and it's like I have all of these like imbalances with like minerals and shit like that that kind of is like you go oh well if I just fix that maybe it'll be this you know and 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 she's like oh this makes total sense why you do this and I'm like oh okay so let's fix it. Anyway, they don't do that over at... No. No, they Not don't. Not at Mid... Well, no, what is the hospital? Wilshire Memorial. Wilshire Memorial. Yeah, but they, but they will admit you for two days for a mild concussion. Yeah, well, good for them and their treatment. And Bedside Manor. Yes, Because yes. I think Matt has made a connection. Yes. Okay, so, um... I think I skipped ahead here for a second. Wait, hold on. My notes are what all did, out of order. What did you skip over? Oh, you know what? I turned I turned two pages instead of one. Okay. Oh, my God, Karen. I know. We're going to go to Hart Mancini where Jane got a, has a sales shoe. And- Surprise! Jane's got something to... Uh- oh, I think we lost Doug again. Jesus, I think... Nope, here he comes. Oh, uh, you lost me. Well, okay, so Jane's got a few surprises up her sleeve. First of all, she's apparently made some big sale, and she also cut her hair. New hairdo for Jane. New styling. Um, and, uh, Richard misses her. Yeah, we lost Doug again, guys. Hold on, I gotta go get him back. The Jane cut her hair. Jane cut her hair. Right. And she made a sales coup. I mean, it looks exactly the same like the other haircuts, except for, you know, before she grew it long. It was kind of like, it's fine. I like the long, I really like the long hair, but I do think this short hair is better than like season one short hair, but, um, 
I like the long hair. Richard likes the haircut. Yes, he says it's he says so. stunning. He says it's beautiful. It suits yeah. you. So um, she says she misses their talk. She invites him to drinks, and he says okay. So and he says yeah, I wanted to talk to you about something too. So it sounds like maybe he's gonna lay it on her that that he's gonna um, not you know be uh, you know he's gonna like dissolve her company. But um, but we'll have to find out later. We don't know this yet. No, we don't know this yet. Okay, so back at um, D and D, Billy comes in in the middle of the night in a dark building, and Allison's <laughs> still working late, boxing up files. And you know, she claims that she's there late because she just can't be by herself with her thoughts, and so she's got to keep busy. I think it's because she's got no place to live. Well, she did get rid of that yet-to-be-filled apartment at Melrose. Mm-hmm. Where would she be living? Mm-hmm. She has no other home to go back to. Exactly. So basically, she's boxing up files, and Billy's like, why don't you go home? And it's like, well, Billy, duh. And anyway, she basically tells him, Brooke is out to destroy her. And he's like, oh, no, she's not. And it's like, yeah, she <laughs> is, you dumbass. You even think that. And then, and then she tells him... Um, he, he, that he made his choice when he picked Brooke, and he was like, fine, have it your way. That didn't even make sense. No, those are arguments that would work better in different scenes. Yeah. Not this one. Yeah, like his fine, have it your way, that didn't even make sense. And I was like, oh my God, Billy, go home, you're drunk. Yeah, also, Billy, it's late, why are you there? He forgot something that he needed to go over for the next day, because but he's it's like, such a it's company It's so late, man. like, the building is pitch black. Like, I know. And he didn't turn on any lights. I guess he doesn't know where they are. He probably doesn't. He's used to people turning it on for him. Yeah. And Allison, why Allison was working in the dark? Probably because she's hiding because she's got no place to live. So she's living at the office. Yeah, she's a squatter. Yeah, she's a squatter. Okay. So um, now there's a cocktail party at, for the hospital, which...